0: Welcome to Pale Reflections, a proud member of the Doof Network, where we reflect on Walbo's most scholastic work as it releases. I'm Elliot Diebold, and it felt really wrong to be doing that part of the intro. I don't like it. These are not the words that I should be saying. They felt wrong in my mouth. Um, but yes, uh, it is still our holiday schedule, uh, so it's just me today as we dive into Gone Ahead 7.8, which uh, is from Verona's perspective and we just sort of jump straight into her head as things really start heating up. Uh, We see Avery run off, uh, which we saw from her perspective last chapter, so we're kind of jumping back a bit to see how things went for Verona and Lucy, and the answer is, not well. Uh, I I feel like generally the focus of this first part of the chapter is that Verona is just kind of panicking. Um, This is an action sequence, and in general that's not really her thing, but like you know she's the one with the gainsaying on the line she's the one who's meant to have the plan to stop the brownies she's she's the one being targeted by the brownies uh she really needs to step up but the pressure is on uh and she's uh yeah just kind of freaking out um especially like she she places a lot of emphasis on how she's usually the one who can you know do the quips and the barbs and watch people's words and uh toad kind of took words out of the picture when he dropped that egg so she she feels kind of useless uh from her own perspective for a lot of this uh so yeah the the fight breaks out uh john is a fucking beast he alternates between handling musa and like he kind of draw like gets things to a draw with ted which you know shows how powerful he is because nobody else goes fucking near ted um Lucy also gets her old pen sword out to have her sword duel against Musa, which is like a very fun background element we keep popping in and out of. And uh, I mean, yeah, Verona just stands around. She's been gainsaid at this point. So she can't really do much. And she's just trying to think amid the chaos. Uh, she feels extremely impotent uh, and it's, it's really getting to her. Um, but yeah, so Avery comes back and we, we see things again from Verona's point of view as Lucy kicks her into the ruins uh I felt a bit bad for laughing, but it's kind of funny how Verona's like, why does Avery look so upset? Uh yeah, I mean poor Avery. <laughs> um But yeah, then you know, Avery goes into the ruins and we all get a big dose of uh Avery emotions as as that happens. And I love how this affects Verona. She describes Avery's emotions as startling, too bright, and too caring. Uh which is just Uh, it's it's perfect uh and and, like it shakes her to her core it even leads to her feeling bad about leaving her dad in kennet which is i mean you know it's powerful (laughs) it's a powerful amount of caring avery has when you can make verona care about her dad um i still don't know whether i think that was the right call by verona but at least there's some doubt which i feel like there should be even if it's the decision she made it should probably sit uneasy i think um but yeah, uh, I mean, this also causes Verona to sort of wish she had Avery's battle instincts. Um, and I, I I mean, something we I, I didn't talk about last chapter that, that I actually meant to was um, there was a lot of focus last chapter about how you form these sets, whether it's Bristow doing it with the aware, or I think Totolo said goblins can do it. Um, you build these sets and you can sort of, you know, merge their strengths or get them to play off each other and uh, Ava even had a thought last chapter about how she felt like maybe Lucy and her were reading each other's minds or just incredibly in sync so maybe all those theories from right back at the start of the story about how the Kenneteers as a set can you know kind of personality blade a little bit maybe that has some merit um I wonder I wonder if like you know there's something to be said for doing that in a way that is like consensual as opposed to Bristow pulling the strings for you um so yeah it, you know in a story that's talking about how people work together i think you know it could be interesting if if things do go that route because i don't think that's a theory that has been talked about for arcs and arcs now uh so getting back to the story uh verona gets captured by the brownies and i don't know exactly what it was but this bit really like got me this this shook me um i've I, just like the image of her being kind of flown inches above the ground like with her hair hanging around her face as she's like screaming to try and get out of it uh and she can't really move because she's been grabbed by so many brownies it it feels so desperate and claustrophobic in a way that is just you know I, i guess i always picture verona as very put together even you know when she when she's under attack she sort of shuts down emotionally so she doesn't kind of look as uh like tilted um as i pictured her here uh, so I really sort of felt the panic that had been building up in the chapter at this point. Uh, it felt like the most vulnerable she's ever been. And uh, luckily, with a bit of help from Toad Slow, she does manage to negotiate with the Brownies. Uh, she's going to pull some dramatic ship by 10pm or uh, get shipped off to the kitchens, I suppose. Um, also, uh, obviously I'm jumping ahead a bit, but you know, we know re- we know Verona was like recording bits and pieces of these conversations. I hope she recorded the part where Musa said that Raquel isn't a real member of his family because, like, fuck that guy. (laughs) Like, fuck that whole thing. Um, Also, he didn't want the earring. He called Lucy's earring tacky, so he's just completely dead to me. Um, But I hope we can show Raquel that her family are a bunch of dickheads and she should cut ties. Um, So, yeah, uh, Bristow and the gang are taking everyone uh, back to be in prison. Uh, and Ted carries Verona, and we get kind of his perspective on things. He he finally sort of opens up to us a bit. Uh basically he, his thinking is kind of he fought this giant kaiju thingamabob. Uh, and he thinks, you know, there'll there'll be another one at some point. I mean, we saw that with Mr. Barco 6000 whatever person a couple of arcs ago. And so you can sort of see between his wanting to prepare the world for the next kaiju thing and having this knowledge that bristow helped him in previous lives that we got in kevin's interlude i I, you could start to see why ted is where he is like i can see why he's letting himself be trapped with this because he i mean he basically says it here he's like bristow isn't perfect but he's what we need and i mean I, i guess we talked about this when nicolette came in but like that is sort of the best argument you can make for someone like bristow i wouldn't necessarily say it's a good one but i can see why ted is there and thinks that way I uh, can't wait to see where we go with that. Uh, but anyway, we 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 sort of jump ahead a bit, and Lucy and Ronnie are locked up uh, alongside America, who makes her triumphant return, uh, and they've been locked up by Estrella, uh, the Winter Fay practitioner, Hadley, the eldest of the uh, gore-strewn siblings, and uh, Talia also shows up for a bit, um, and they just have this very fun dynamic, I think, because lucy and verona and america are, are like tied up and gagged there's room for these other three to sort of play off each other and they're very sort of fun estrella is our serious you know lucy sub hadley is is our chaotic goblin-esque person and then is just this little i mean talia's mom just sucks and we just get reminders of this uh it's pretty fun estrella is just Astral just seems so inconvenienced by her duties here. Like she has better shit to do is very much the vibe she gives off. It's very fun. Uh, and then yeah, Hadley's just this chaotic force. Uh, I thought it was very fun. Um, the siege argument. Uh, yeah, the siege argument in particular with John, I thought was very fun. Uh, so I really, I really enjoyed seeing these other practitioners get to have their moments while the other three were tied up. Um, but the escape. Uh, or sorry, the rescue attempt comes uh, as we see one of the Oni knife throwing tricks that uh, one of the Oni boys had, I already forget what their names are. But um, I-, I mean, it's really cool. I love this idea of weaponizing the shadows to disrupt diagrams. Like that feels very Oni in this way. It's kind of subverting or sidestepping the rules and expectations around how a barrier works. Um, I, I especially love how Estrella gets really annoyed that he doesn't <laughs> stop at three Knives which would be the practitionery thing to do but he's an Only practitioner so of course he's gonna uh, Subvert that rule uh, And Wobbo even Takes a, a line to have Verona Shit on like how force fields work in most Sci-fi and, and superhero Type stuff which I thought was very funny uh, But yes uh, The knife throwing isn't the only Thing uh, that's here to save them uh, We also have some fantastic Goblins uh, I've nicknamed Them bootlick and Gumtoss uh they were instant classics for me um especially the, the rant about the gum by estrella was just a hilarious little beat um and then you know the lucy and verona figure out what america's doing they disrupt this like glamoured doll box by just humming out of tune which is such a hilariously goblin way of dealing with a magical doll box uh, and Verona gives herself a cat claw, which is like a fun inversion of the lesson she just learnt from Shelly, uh, where she realises, even though she's gainsaid, she can still, uh, you know, chuck a bit of power into that, because it's an easy thing to do. Um, yeah, so the, I don't know, the trio get out, uh, Estrella gives up very quickly, takes a light boob stab, uh, and then just sort of leaves. Uh, I like a comment from 2 Divine on Reddit, who uh, took extra note that, like, as well as Estrella has all these winter fey vibes like her glamour is all about freezing people she's you know she comes across as very cold and, and calculating and, and it's just kind of wintry um, but this way she gives up so quickly uh, to Ur Divine points out might be a side effect of everyone in your family over the age of 18 getting killed by witch hunters like I think to Ur Divine phrased it as that might instill you with some self-preservation uh, instincts which I think is a really good insight uh so yeah so the the kennedys escape uh they reunite with avery and verona reveals the plan or the first of her plans that she's kind of been trying to work on uh she recorded bristow's words and is trying to use those against him again (laughs) It's, it's kind of a better version of the original plan uh so yes her first of these three moves is very close to the deadline which is very dramatic and verona seems weirdly happy about that um she yeah puts him on the line it's a great twist It sort of brings the whole chapter together in a really fun way and leaves us dying for the next chapter which i assume will be hopefully like another aware interlude i, I really want to see how this all goes down from the perspective of like the gathered you know brisso alexander ray durashay like how are those people doing maybe we'll jump in with ted or something uh or Shelley. Let's see how it's going in there um But yeah, Megafire made a great comment on on Discord about how Verona winning with the tech like this is great because we've had all these beats about how Bristow likes to pick up tech, but he doesn't really understand it. Uh, And so Verona used the power of just recording the conversations with the phone, which is like one of the oldest tricks in the book. (laughs) But, uh, well, one of the oldest technology tricks in the book and and Bristow didn't see it coming at all. Uh, So yeah, uh, that was very fun. And uh that's that's pretty much seven dot eight. Um, you know, these are these are much shorter, uh, high level episodes that we're doing here for these bonuses. Um, if there is some bonus material this week, I will be back in your ears in a couple of days. But uh if not, I'll see you all next week as we get back onto our regular schedule. Uh Ruben will be here so I don't just feel like I'm bristowing in front of the class and talking nonstop for fifteen minutes. Uh And yeah, so either way, I'll see you all in a bit and I hope everyone had a good uh, holiday break if you did so or I hope you had a not-too-stressful normal week if you didn't. But yeah, uh, so as we've constantly parked, we're doing a discussion question. Uh, So is Bristow's network a good idea? Ted obviously challenged that a bit this chapter, so maybe you have some more thoughts about that. Hit us up in the discussion thread linked in the show notes below. Uh, We're on Twitter. Live Reads will be kicking up again next week. Uh, doofmedia.com that's our website it's got all our shows there it's got the 12 article or the 12 days of doofmas articles there which have, you know all wrapped up well and truly by now so check them out if you haven't and uh, head on over to patreon.com forward slash doofmedia to keep this show alive and patreon.com forward slash wabo to you know keep him from doing an estrella and just walking out on all of us and not finishing the story because that would suck and we don't want that to happen uh so yeah with all that see you all next week or in a few days.